0: everybody. This is Erin from Rose Quartz Mediumship and you're listening to the Rose Quartz Mediumship podcast. This is a space for people who love everything metaphysical and want to explore various different topics around metaphysics. I'm the owner of Rose Quartz Mediumship. I have my doctorate in physical therapy. I'm a Reiki master, a shaman with a completed apprenticeship, a death doula, a life coach, a spiritual coach, and I'm in the process of finalizing my Druid training. This is a space where you can come back and work on all things metaphysics. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm going to tell you the story of how it is that I came to the fact that I was a medium. So when I was about four or five years old, when I would go to sleep at night, there would be a spirit, a young girl who would show up at the end of my bed. And as I was trying to fall asleep, I would get goosebumps all over my body. And I would have the hair stand up on the back of my neck. And my ears would ring. And if I opened my eyes, the little girl would be there standing at the end of my bed. I knew that she was a human, but I also knew that she wasn't alive because she wasn't as dense as most humans. And she would talk to me. I knew I was missing a lot of what she was saying, but uh, I'd listen to what it was that she had to say to me. And that year, I was about four or five years old that year. We went to my great-grandmother's house for Christmas Eve. It was a tradition. Our whole family would get together on Christmas Eve. We've got a beautiful and large extended family. And family has always been really important to us. So on Christmas Eve, we would all gather and celebrate and bless the adults' hearts. um, They let us run around the circle in my great-grandmother's house, ringing a leather belt that had jingle balls on it we all got to take turns we'd go two at a time you know as an adult now i think back about how loud and overstimulating that must have been but when we were kids it was just so much fun and we loved it so much so i had talked to my parents about the girl who would stand at the end of my bed and and they say that's just a dream honey and i knew it wasn't um And so I kind of stopped talking to them about it. And, you know, I was raised on a dairy farm um, and my parents were very connected to nature. They ran a farm stand and taught us all the beautiful ways of connecting with the earth and with farming and gardening and uh, community. And so they were very, very open-minded, but, you know, they did the typical parent thing and said that I was dreaming. And so, Christmas Eve, we're at my great grandmother's house, and my great grandmother would, you know, her house had this kind of big loop around the formal dining room, into the kitchen, through a back stairwell, and then back into the formal dining room. It made a circle. And the parents, the adults, would allow us to ring jingle bells and and walk or run this loop around the house and now yeah as an adult I think back about how overstimulating that must have been so bless the adults hearts that let us do that um, because we had so much fun with it but there was this leather strap and it had jingle bells on it and we would all take turns running around the loop ringing the jingle bells and I was waiting for my turn Um, we would go two at a time and my cousin, who's about the same age as me, we were going to do it together. So we were waiting our turn and I was standing by the piano in the formal dining room. And I looked up at the piano, I was standing next to my mom. I looked up at the piano and there was a picture of the little girl who stands at the end of my bed. And so I did what every child did. And I pulled on my, my mom's clothing and I said, mom, mom, mom. And I told her that. You know, I pointed the picture out and I told her that's the girl who stands at the end of my bed. And my mom leaned over and said, Shh, honey, that's your dad's cousin, and she's dead. And we're not going to talk about that right now. And, you know, lucky for my mom, it was my turn for the jingle bells, um, because I am not a shush kind of girl. So it is a miracle that my mom got away with that, right? Because (laughs) typically when somebody says shush or, you know, in some capacity tries to shut down what it is that I'm trying to understand or experience, I typically just get louder about it. So bless my mom's heart. Um, and, and, uh, good for her that it was my turn with the jingle bells. So my cousin and I ran off with the jingle bells having our turn. And I never kind of pressed my mom on the little girl, uh, the picture of the little girl who stood at the end of my bed. Later on that evening, I was in the back stairwell listening to my dad's cousin uh, play a musical instrument. I am not musically inclined. I have a lot of beautiful family members that are very artistic, very musically inclined. And I, um, That's just not one of my core competencies is what I'm going to say. And so I was sitting and listening to him play and um, really enjoying it. And then I saw the little girl who stood at the end of my bed and she was moving in a very kind of flip flirty way. So very attention seeking, attention grabbing kind of way. And she was walking up the back stairwell. And as I watched her, I looked around and realized that no one else was tracking her and that was truly the beginning of me understanding that I was seeing and engaging with something that other people were not seeing and engaging with. And so when people ask me how I knew I was a medium, it was really that moment. It was the moment of seeing the picture of her on my great grandmother's piano. And watching her go up the back stairwell, moving up the back stairwell and having no one else track her. Um, so my dad's cousin uh, passed away. And, you know, when you're a small child and you're going over family trees and trying to you know, to understand your family, um, whose siblings are whose and whose parents are whose when we've got a large extended family, and our family actually just didn't teach us about my dad's cousin who'd passed away, um, for for you know, for good or for bad. That was the way that it was. Um, it was a very emotional thing, and it was something that wasn't openly talked about. And so, it's actually something that that I didn't really know about from my family. And so, we're going to fast forward until I was about twelve, and. Um, We was in the garden and out gardening in the evening on a summer night. And my dad was out there and he's a farmer. He um, is a very uh, stoic man, I guess is what I would say. And we were in the garden and I asked him about his cousin and and I explained to him, how she had told me she had died. And he was actually facing the opposite direction. We weren't making eye contact, which is probably why I felt comfortable talking to him about it, right? As a child, oftentimes we ask questions when we're in the back of a car or when we're in the shower and and we're not actually engaging um, energetically with the person we're talking to. We feel safer. So I asked my dad about her passing and explained what she had told me about her fall. Her accident um, and how she had broken her neck and uh, he turned around and asked me why I was saying that to him and it was the first time that I had seen him cry I was about 12 and I knew in that moment that I was touching on something that was incredibly emotional and sensitive And it was my first real touch of realizing that mediumship is something that you kind of have to be careful with, right? Because it's so close to people's hearts. And my dad asked me why I was saying that, where where I was getting that information, how I knew who his cousin was and how I knew how she died. And I kind of briefly mentioned (laughs) that I you know, gotten it from the girl who was at the end of my bed. And then I changed the subject and, and ran off. Um, and it was really kind of the beginning of me starting to kind of shut down my mediumship, um, recognizing that it was really painful for other people. It was just a kind of part of who I was. So it was an interesting thing to watch my dad have such an emotional response to it and recognize how much um, energy was stuck in his heart over the passing of his cousin. So fast forward, I was in college and, um, I would drive home from college to visit my folks and I would meet a spirit on the car ride who had been, uh, raped and murdered. And I knew it was going to happen every time as I was driving home, we'd get close to the location that it happened and she would show up and it was a really kind of, unpleasant experience with mediumship whereas all of my other experiences up to that point had been really very positive and so that was that was hard it was the first real memory of it being hard mediumship being hard Um, again I didn't try to learn about mediumship I just allowed whatever to come through to come through if spirits wanted to talk to me I would listen Oftentimes I didn't even realize the depth of the spirit communication that I was receiving. And I'll, I'll talk about that in another podcast. Um, but when I was in college, I would meet the spirit on the car ride home and that was uncomfortable. It was definitely uncomfortable. Um, so fast forward, you know, I, I did the, the college thing. I got my doctorate in physical therapy I've always really been drawn to holistic healing and physical therapy was a very natural thing because it was medical. It was in the healing um, realm and it involved healing with your body, right? So opposed to um, some of the other forms of healing where you might use surgery or medication. Um, I really liked the holistic component of physical therapy and allowing the body to kind of heal itself and so I, I oftentimes say I missed the mark a little bit I knew I was into healing I knew that it was really close to my heart I knew it was where my passion was um, and I'm a huge believer that we don't get things wrong you, you know the choices that you make are exactly where you're supposed to be so I do believe that getting my doctorate in physical therapy was what I was supposed to do. And I, I went on to work in the physical therapy field for quite a long time um, and loved it. Um, so I got married. I have three beautiful boys who I love and adore. And I, in my 30s, I was going through a divorce and I was dating somebody new, um, started dating somebody new. And it was interesting, he had a brother who had passed. And again, his family didn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of talk about it. So it was not something that, that he really openly talked about with me. I knew that his brother had passed, but we just didn't have extensive conversation around it. And uh, he and I had a really push-me-pull-me kind of relationship, that's all I can say. It was uh, unhealthy and there was a lot of push-me-pull-me energy. We broke up a lot. It was um, unstable. And in that relationship, we ended up breaking up. I was on vacation in South Carolina, and he and I broke up for the I don't even know how many time. <laughs> so that night, we were supposed to be driving home. I was going to stop partway through and uh, spend the night somewhere in a hotel with my children. um, And I decided that I was awake. I would just keep driving. And so, you know, again, my new partner and I um, broke up. He was in New Hampshire, and I was on vacation in South Carolina with my kids. So I ended up driving through the night to get home, got my beautiful boys in their bed. Um, My youngest was still nursing, And, um, he was, my youngest had some medical issues when he was young and didn't eat a lot. And so nursing was a pretty important thing for him, um, because he had some failure to thrive. And so he was asleep in a crib. We'd gotten home at about three o'clock. I had probably gotten an hour or so of sleep and he woke up, um, and called to me. Um, you know, his soft, sweet little voice from the other room saying, mama, mama. And as I was waking up, there was a spirit who was standing in my bedroom against the wall. And it had been a really long time since I'd had spirit come and stand in my bedroom. And he was talking to me. And I was half awake and half asleep. Again, I'd driven through the night, so I was really tired. And As I was scooping my son up from his crib and carrying him back to my bed because I was going to lay down and nurse him, I was thinking to myself, gosh, I am really tired because there is a man standing in my bedroom talking to me. And my brain was still trying to register what was happening. I wasn't necessarily listening to to the man speaking, but I knew he was talking. And I laid down with my son And started nursing him and then started to really focus on what the spirit was saying. And my son, who was about 18 months at the time, stopped nursing and looked at me and said, Mama, who dat talking to you? And um, chills went all over my body. And obviously I was wide awake. And that was a really impressive experience for me as a mom um, and as a human and so I nursed my son I laid him back in his crib and I was awake you know there was no way I was going to go back to sleep so I went downstairs and I kind of paced in my kitchen drinking coffee around and around and around until I knew it was a reasonable time to email my partner who I had just broken up with and I asked him for a picture of his brother because I knew without a question that it was his brother who was standing against the wall and of course he called me immediately and said why do you need a picture of my brother and then I had to explain that I was a medium it wasn't something that I had openly talked about um there's a lot of societal judgment that I felt around mediumship. And so it wasn't something that I just walked around talking about. And so I explained that I was a medium. Um, and he sent me a picture of his brother and it was exactly who was standing against the wall. And so I was speaking to him and then my five-year-old started screaming. And I went running up the stairs because he was screaming in a way that, as a parent, when you when you hear a scream that's just pure terror, you kind of know, okay, <laughs> there's something wrong. I need to move. So I went running up the stairs, um, and my five year old was running down the stairs and um, get you know trying to get to the stairs and. I said, what's happening? What's happening? And he said, there's a coffee cup floating in the middle of the room. And I peeked into the bedroom and the spirit, the brother of my partner was standing there holding a cup of coffee but my son could only see the cup of coffee. And um, so... (laughs) in a matter of just a couple of hours, we had a lot of really intense spirit communication in the house. Um, And that was really what kind of launched me into, into wanting and needing to understand mediumship on a much larger level. It was no longer okay for me to just experience whatever came through. You know, I wanted to talk to a spirit the way that I would talk to a friend and I wanted to engage with spirit on a pretty high level. And so that really kind of, launched me into my spiritual opening and awakening which was a beautiful and messy process Uh, there was about a year of thrashing through the spiritual opening and awakening process and I will tell that story on another podcast um, talk you through what the opening process looked like for me But it's actually how I started my spiritual awakening program. It's a nine-month program that I have. Um, Going through the spiritual opening and awakening process is actually what created the content that is in that course. So on another podcast, I will talk you through that experience, what that looked like for me. But this is the story about how I knew I was a medium. And I really appreciate you having me here with you guys today. And I'm excited to continue to chat with you about all things metaphysical and all things uh, healing related.